On Father's Day, I preach Father's Day messages, so forth, Mother's Day, Mother's Day messages. Today, uh, we're in the middle of a series on lessons from the apostles, so we'll continue with that. Um, Luke, the sixth chapter, if you would, Luke, the sixth chapter, the twelfth verse. Now, it came to pass in those days that he, Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray. And continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them, he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. So he had many disciples there, but he chose from among them 12 and he named them apostles. Verse 14, Simon, whom he also named Peter. And Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon called a zealot, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot. There were two Judases. One was the son of James, the other, Judas Iscariot, who also became a traitor. A betrayer, a traitor. Now, two weeks ago, we talked about the Apostle Peter, and we learned many lessons from him. Last week, John learned many lessons from him. Today, I want to talk about lessons we can learn from Judas Iscariot. And then next week, we'll conclude with one message on lessons that we can learn from the remaining other nine apostles. So today, lessons from Judas Iscariot. Of course, Judas Iscariot, we'll just refer to him as Judas, was the apostle who betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, the price of a slave. And uh, of course, that was prophesied in the Old Testament that that would happen. Let's go to Acts, the first chapter, in the 15th verse, because the Apostle Peter is going to speak about Judas, and we can uh, glean some things from what Peter had to say about him. Acts 1.15, and in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples, altogether the number of names was about 120, now this is prior to the upper room incident on the day of Pentecost where they were filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. It's interesting, Jesus appeared to upwards of 500, but only 120 showed up. You would have thought more would have showed up. Did you ever think about that? And uh, anyway... Peter said in verse 16, Men and brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas. Now much of what Judas did to the Lord Jesus was prophesied in the Old Testament. So again, Peter says this scripture had to be fulfilled which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. 
For he, Judas, was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. Think about that. A betrayer, a traitor, was numbered with the apostles and had a part in the ministry of Jesus. Handpicked by Jesus, chosen by Jesus. Verse 18, now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity and falling headlong he burst open in the middle and all of his entrails or insides gushed out. Of course we know that after Judas betrayed Jesus he went out and hung himself and uh, apparently after he was dead hanging there someone apparently came must have cut him down. He fell. His body fell forward, or however it fell, and and his inward inner, inner being gushed out. Think about that. That's a horrible ending, isn't it? That was just his ending in the natural, horrible way. But of course, we understand and know spiritually it was far worse because he went to hell. No question about it. But nonetheless, in verse 19, it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem, so that field is called in their own language, Akeldama, that is, field of blood. Again, all this was prophesied in the Old Testament. Verse 20, for it's written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling place be desolate. This is talking about Judas. The office he held, let it be desolate. He held an, the office of apostle. Think about that, Judas. Iscariot held the office of apostle. Let his dwelling place or let his office be desolate. And let no one live in it and... And notice, let another take his office. Let another take his office. Then verse 21 says, Therefore of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to the day when Jesus was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they proposed two. See, now they're getting ready to fill his, his office. The Bible said, let another take his office. That was, that was prophesied in the book of Psalms. And there were two, verse 23, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and then another man named Matthias, and they prayed and said, You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen, notice now, to take part in this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place which we know we'll see as we go here, hell. 
And they cast their lots, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. So Matthias took the office of Judas. And then stood in that place where Judas had stood and took his place and filled that office. Now, let's talk about some lessons from Judas that we can learn. From Judas's life, we learn about predestination and free will. As we've seen, the Old Testament predicted that Christ would have a betrayer. And Jesus knew from the beginning that Judas would betray him. Notice John 6, 64. John 6, 64. Jesus speaking to the Disciples to the apostles says, but there are some of you who do not believe. Notice that. There are some of you who do not believe. Doesn't the Bible say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved? And he's looking at his 12 here. There are some of you who do not believe. Well, if you don't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you go to hell when you die. Is that right? There are some of you who do not believe. Now think about that. Looking at the 12, Judas is among them. There are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning, notice this now, Jesus knew from the beginning We're talking about predestination and free will here. Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, who did not believe, and who would betray him. He knew that, didn't he? Before he ever picked Judas, he knew, didn't he? Absolutely. It says right here he did. And then in verse 70... Jesus answered them, said, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And one of you is a devil. My goodness. You see, God knows the end from the beginning. Many people over the years have asked me about Judas. And, and, and they've asked me, they, 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 they've said, Pastor Terry, was Judas just the, the poor sap, if you will? You know what I mean? Poor sap, the poor sap that God just, God just chose him to be the betrayer and God, God put his finger on him that, okay, he's the one that's going to betray Jesus and have to go to hell for eternity. Absolutely, God didn't do that. God doesn't work that way. Judas betrayed Jesus and wound up in hell not because God preordained it 
or predestinate, Judas betrayed Jesus and went to hell because of Judas' own free will. He didn't have to betray Jesus. He could have repented after he betrayed him. He didn't have to go to hell. But he did all that. He betrayed Jesus, went to hell. Not because God preordained it. But you see, the answer to this whole business about predestination is very simple and the Bible brings it out. I believe in the book of Romans. If we had time, we could go over there. But predestination is is very easily understood if you understand God's foreknowledge. God knows the end from when? The beginning. So God can look in at time And he can know what we're going to do of our own free will before we ever do it. Correct? And and, and he can, and and that's what he did here with Judas. Before the world ever, before God ever put us here and, and so forth. He knows the end from the beginning. He knew what Judas was going to do. That's why God could write about it. You know, that's why God is 100% accurate all the time because He knows the end from the beginning. That's why God never misses it because He knows all things. He knows our future better than we know our past. You understand that? And He knew exactly what Judas was going to do. That's why He could have the prophets in the Old Testament write about it. That doesn't mean that God was forcing Judas to do it. He just knew what Judas was going to do in Judas' own free will. God gave Judas, just like he's given you and me, 100% free will. You understand that? And so Judas did everything that he did of his own free will. But God knew about it ahead of time. That's why he could write about it. But if you don't understand what I just said in the last few minutes, you might wind up thinking, well, God just picked Judas to be the, to be the sludge that's going to you know, betray Jesus and have to go to hell. That's not how God, our God operates. That's not how the God of this Bible operates. Do you understand that? Anybody who's ever gone to hell has gone of their own free choice. Absolutely. Everybody that's in hell right now is there out of the will of God. Because the Bible said God's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Judas is in hell right now. Think about it. For the last 2,000 years, he's been suffering in hell. We think about him falling headlong and his, his, his insides gushing out. That was the least of it. He's been burning in hell for 2,000 years out of the will of God. And will have to have to burn in the lake of fire for eternity out of the will of God. Of his own free choice. That'll sober you up thinking about that, won't it? And we've got that same free choice. You see, God knows the end from the beginning, so God could prophesy. What does that mean, prophesy? It means to, to tell the future, you know. 
God could prophesy, before, tell the future before it happens. God could prophesy about Judas being the betrayer, yet not affect for one second Judas's right to free choice. Did you get what I just said there? I'll say it again. God knows the end from the beginning, so God could prophesy about Judas being the betrayer, yet not affect for one second Judas's right to free choice. So what's the lesson we learn? From what I've just said, here it is. We learn that God gives opportunity to everyone, even to those he knows beforehand will reject and betray him. That's a good God. He gives opportunity. Doesn't the Bible say, Jesus said, whosoever will, what? Let him, let him come. And drink of the water of life freely. Is that right? But not everyone comes. Fewer, there, there, there's, there's few by comparison that comes. More don't come than what does come. Is that right? To Jesus. I'm talking about to Jesus. There's fewer that come than they don't. Say it another way. More don't come than what does. You getting my good English there? You getting it? How do I know that? Because Jesus said, he said, he said, broad is the way that leads to destruction and many there be that go in thereat. Is that right? He said, narrow is the way, straight is the gate that leads to life and few by comparisons, what he's talking about, enter in thereat. How many of you know there's more people going to hell than going to heaven? By their own free what? By their own free will. Don't ever forget this. God won't make you do anything. He won't make you get saved. How many of you know if he could, would or could make you get saved, he'd already have done it? I'm talking about, you know, I trust most all of you in here, all of you are saved, but I'm talking about the world in general, you know. God gives opportunity to everyone. He's good to all. He causes rain to come on the just and the unjust. Is that right? He's good to all, even to those he knows beforehand will reject and betray him. Now let's talk about another lesson that Judas teaches us. Go to John 12, if you would. And verse 1. John 12 and verse 1. John 12 and verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he raised from the dead, there they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very, and watch this, Mary, that was her sister, took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard. If you study into this, it was about a year's wages. For a, for a normal working person, about a year's wages. So Mary and Martha, apparently they were apparently well-to-do well financially. But she took a pound of very costly oil spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And we understand, you know, as we study into this, I believe this is the instance where she was, was uh, uh, anointing him for his burial and so forth. Very holy thing right here. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of 
his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, watch this, not that he cared for the poor. Talking about Judas now. Not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a what? He was a thief. And he had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. He was an embezzler. He had a problem with what Mary did, didn't he? He didn't like it. He wanted that money put in that box, not for the poor, but so he could get his hands on it. But here's the lesson I want you to get. Judas teaches us not to call worship waste. If you're taking notes, you ought to write that down. He teaches us not to call worship waste. You see, she poured that oil on him in worship to him. It was, a, it was an act of worship from her, from her innermost being. And she poured that oil on him and it was, it was, it was a costly I mean, it was a costly thing. She esteemed Jesus. You know how you can know if you esteem God and the works of, and the work of God? All you got to do is go look at your checkbook. It's it real quiet a lot of times when that's said. But it's the God's honest truth. All you have to do to see how much you esteem God, the things of God, the work of God, the house of God, the, the, the ministry gifts that He's given, the pastoral office, the teaching office, the prophet, prophet's office, all you have to do is go look at your checkbook and you will find the answer to that question of how much you esteem the work of God. And this woman here esteemed the Lord Jesus Christ Oh, and I'm not saying that to get your money, by the way. I'm doing just fine. It's not between you and me. It's between you and G-O-D. If your giving ever gets... Did you notice I've never said a word? Have I ever said a word to anybody about, to you about your giving? Have I ever said a word? And I never will. If, if giving ever... See, that's one reason it gets so goofed up. A lot of times giving gets, gets in, uh, between the people and the pastor. No, no. Giving ought to be between you and God. If it's between you and me, you need to keep your own money. But if it's between you and God, you ought to give as God puts it in your heart. Is that right? Be a tither and a giver and God will supply all your needs. He'll get involved with your finances. If you refuse to tithe and give, He will, I promise you this, He will not get involved with your finances and that is a curse enough, isn't it? This woman worshipped Jesus. She, she, oh, years wages she put upon Him. Poured it on him. And Judas said, no, that's waste. You're just dumping that oil out. You're wasting. No, no, you're, don't do that. You're wasting. Look at all the money we could, we could have. He called worship waste. I said he called worship waste. We must never call worship waste. 
We must understand this, that, that as we worship God, it is never a waste of our time. As we give money and things and our time and whatever to God, it's never a waste. Can anybody say amen? amen. So we learn from Judas that worship should never be deemed as waste. Just coming to the house of God here today, it's a form of worship unto God. You've not wasted your time. Even if you don't get a blasted thing out of the message, just your coming to the house of God shows that you're worshiping God. And I tell you what, your worship is not going to be wasted in, in, in the annals of, of, of eternity. God will remember just you coming to the house of God today. Amen. Worship must never be deemed as waste. And let's learn that from Judas because he declared worship to be waste. And he is not an example we want to follow. One of the most tragic characters in the Bible. It's interesting as you look at Judas, if you're taking notes, this is something else to write down. Judas was willing to give Jesus something, but not everything. There were some things that, you know, he was, fine, you know, we're worshiping Jesus, we're, 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 we're given into his ministry, so on and so forth. He, 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 was a, he was an apostle. He followed Jesus. He went along with Jesus. He walked with Jesus. Is that right? But here you can see he, he was willing that Jesus get some things, but he wasn't willing to give Jesus everything let's learn a lesson here let's don't just limit what we give to jesus let's don't just give, give jesus some things let's give jesus everything can you say amen, amen. i'm not talking about giving all your money to the church i'm talking about giving all your heart to jesus I've watched people over the many years and have been guilty of it myself where we'll give some things to Jesus but, 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 but we won't sell out completely and totally to Him. See, and that was what Judas did. He was willing to give some things to Jesus but we'll find as we go here in the next few minutes one thing Judas never did. He never gave Jesus his whole heart. In fact, he never gave Jesus his heart at all. He just walked with him, but he never sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's something that Jesus made very clear. If we're going to follow him, we're going to have to forsake all. Is that right? Absolutely. If you want to be his disciple, you're going to have to forsake all. He said, if you're not willing to do that, you're not worthy to be my disciple. Is that right? Jesus said that. I didn't. Let us be willing to give Jesus everything, not just some things. And again, I've watched this for so many years. Christians, well, I'll give you this, Lord. I'll give you that. But we draw the line right here. No, 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 no. Let's learn from Judas. Let's give Jesus not just some things, but everything. And let's sell out to him. You'll never be sorry that you did. Now you go to Luke, the 22nd chapter in the 48th verse. We see an interesting thing here in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
Of course, Judas had gone. He'd gotten the 30 pieces of silver, the price of a slave. Think about that, Jesus being sold out for the price of a slave. Did you ever think about that? 30 pieces of silver, price of a slave. And he got the band, the, the large multitude of soldiers and all of, all of that and came out to the garden, walked up to Jesus. And what did, Jesus, what did Judas do to Jesus? He, he what? He, he, Luke twenty two forty eight. Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? What's the lesson here? Don't be two-faced. Don't be two-faced. This didn't catch Jesus by surprise. He knew at the Last Supper that Judas was going to do this. Is that right? Didn't catch Jesus by surprise, but the interesting thing here is that you can see the two-facedness of Judas even at the Last Supper. Acting one way to Jesus' face, but... Another way behind his back. And he betrayed the Lord. I've said this for years. If you're going to betray me, do it to my face. Don't come, don't, don't come at me with a knife behind my back. Come at me with the knife right at me so I know you're coming. Now, I don't direct that at any of you. You are wonderful people. But over the many years, you can't believe how many... And this is true of any pastor, by the way. Any man of God, any woman of God, anybody that's done anything for the Lord. You'd be surprised how many times folks will... To your face, and they got a knife to hit you in the back. Has that ever happened to anybody besides me? And I've said, you know, you know, don't, 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 don't stick your knife in my back. At least, at least come at me from the front where, I've got, where I know what's coming. Tell it to me the way it is. Tell me what you think. I, I tell you, what, I can deal with people that come to me and sit with me and tell me things that I don't want to hear. I can deal with that. But what, 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 what I don't like, is people to my face and then hit me in the knife in the back. And that's what Judas was all about. Do you know that his name meant praise of the Lord? Or we could say praise the Lord. Judas, his name meant praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I tell you what, I wish I had a dollar for every time over the many years now, and this is true, I think, of any pastor, but I wish I had a dollar for every time I've had a praise the Lord or praise the Lord, pastor, 
Praise the Lord, pastor. Praise the Lord, pastor. Pastor, we love you. By the way, I'm under the anointing right now. This is not in my notes. This is what the Holy Ghost wants me, how he wants me to act. He's saying exactly what he wants me to say. Exactly. I wish I had a dollar for every time. Pastor, we love you. Oh, praise the Lord, Pastor. And people aren't even in their cars. They barely get in their cars and the knife set comes out. Get at the restaurant and the knife set comes out. This is true of just about any pastor. It's sad, isn't it? You know, there's a lot of Judases out there. Did you know that? I don't mean just, I'm not talking about in this, I'm talking about in Christendom. I believe you all to be good, wonderful people. But I'm teaching this so none of you ever become like this man. I don't want to be like this man, do you? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's kind of like, I just, yeah, it's kind of like, you ever heard that old saying, praise the Lord, but pass the ammunition. And a lot of times that's what happens. People will come to the pastor, praise the Lord, pastor, but give me the ammunition. And when you turn your back, you know, with the machine gun. You don't be that way. You've never, I don't know that anybody in here has ever treated me that way. You're all good people, fine people. But I'm just telling you over the many years, I've had, I've had Judas's, uh, come through this place and but you find out that the is really they've got ammunition to machine gun you behind your back don't be like that and you people aren't you're good people have you ever had somebody to your face and machine gun you to the back have you So the lesson, don't be two-faced. A sad lesson, listen to me, a sad lesson is this. One of the most hurtful things in life comes from the betrayal of a friend. And, of course, we understand that Jesus, I don't have the scripture here that we're looking up, but in one of the gospel accounts, Jesus called Judas friend is that not correct does anybody remember that he called him what one of the most hurtful things in life comes from the betrayal of a friend and of course Jesus said that the servant is not above the master if they're doing these things to me, they're going to do them to you. So you need to realize, you know, that, that you're going to have people in your life that are going to come along, and hopefully they'll be few in number, but you're going to have people in your life that will come along at times, and they'll be real close to you. They'll, they'll, they'll be friends with you, maybe even your best friend in some instances, but at some point they may well betray you. And I tell you what, there's nothing that hurts quite like that. Matthew 27, let's look at another lesson. This is interesting, isn't it? Amplified classic Bible. Matthew 
Matthew 27, verse 3, when Judas, now this is after Judas betrayed Jesus. When Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, Judas was afflicted in mind and troubled for his former folly and with remorse. With little more than a selfish dread of the consequences, he brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. Now, if you read in the King James Bible, it says that, G- that Judas repented himself, but the, 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 it's a mistranslation really in the King James. You need to dig into that Greek word, and Judas did not repent. He regretted. And the Amplified Bible nails it down here. He was not sorry from his heart for betraying Jesus. It says right here, with little more than a selfish dread of the consequences. What lesson do we learn here? We learn that Judas refused to change. He started out in Jesus' ministry as a thief and a devil and he ended the same way that he started. He refused to change. This is one thing that I've noted over the many years. People, and more specifically Christians, I've watched it, refuse so oft times to change. To take a look at themselves and say, you know what? I need to make some adjustments here. I need to, I need to, I need to make some adjustments here. I need to make some adjustments here. That's one reason I'm not a very popular preacher in the St. Louis area because I'll stand in this pulpit under the anointing of God by the word of God and point things out that people need to hear. But they don't want to hear that they ever have to change, so many of them. Judas could have changed, but he refused to. And you think about that. He walked with the Lord Jesus Christ for three and one half years and did not change. Started out a thief and a devil and ended a thief and a devil. And I've come to see that if Jesus couldn't change somebody like that, I'm not going to be able to change somebody like that. You see, it's not a matter of Jesus. It's not a matter of the preacher. It's a matter of the person, the hearer's heart. Did you hear that? You see, Judas did not have, after he betrayed Jesus, he did not have godly sorrow, which produces true repentance, which leads to deliverance or salvation, but he had what's known as the sorrow of the world, which produces death. And you see it produced death in his life, didn't it? You see, listen carefully. Instead of repenting, Judas went out and committed suicide. He could have repented, but he didn't. 
Listen to this. What Judas did was, I think, on the same level as Peter's three denials. Think about that. I mean, Peter, what Peter did, what, we talked about him a couple weeks ago, what Peter did was a heinous thing. We shouldn't look over that as, <coughs> as and just, we, Peter did a terrible, rotten thing, a heinous thing. He didn't, I mean, Peter put his soul on the line. He denied Jesus Christ three times. Think about that. Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father which is in heaven. Peter's soul was in danger of going to hell. Did you hear how serious that is? (coughs) And Judas his soul in danger of going to hell, certainly, and did go to hell, Judas. What's the difference? Peter repented, and Judas did not. And when you get in and you get in there and you study, and you study into this word repentance and whatnot, and, and you look at the word that's used in Matthew 27 for, for Judas's remorse, it, 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 that Greek word delves into the depths of the heart. You see, the difference between Judas and Peter was the heart. Peter did a heinous crime, heinous thing, put his soul in danger of going to hell, but he repented and God forgave him. Judas could have done that same thing, but he didn't do it. In his own free will, as we said at the beginning, he could have repented, but he didn't do it. The difference was the heart. It's clear, listen to this. It's clear to me that Judas knowingly cooperated with Satan. Now, now Peter unwittingly cooperated with Satan. Remember when he rebuked Jesus and Jesus said to Peter, but he was really talking to Satan, he said, get behind me, Satan. Remember that? But you see, Peter did it unwittingly Judas, it's clear to me that he knowingly cooperated. And as you, and we won't look the scriptures up, but, but John's account, listen to this. John's account says that the devil put this deed of betraying Jesus into Judas's heart. And then Luke's account brings out that when Judas gets up to go to the uh, chief priests and whatnot to betray Jesus, the Bible says that Satan entered Judas. You see, the process here did not just start out with Satan entering Judas. The process started out with Satan putting something in Judas' heart. And that probably happened years before the Last Supper. It's no doubt to me that Satan was dropping things in Judas's heart all along. Like that incident when Mary uh, dumped that oil and poured that oil on, on, on Jesus, you know, that oil that cost that year's wages. No, I, I, I can't prove it, but probably the devil was behind that 
putting something in Judas's heart, say, say, that worship is just waste. And certainly we know that as time went on, Satan puts this betrayal of Jesus in Judas's heart. And then we see as Judas gets up to leave the Last Supper to betray Jesus, we see Satan entering, actually entering, possessing Judas. It didn't start out with, as I said, it didn't start out with Satan entering Judas and coming into his spirit, into his body. It didn't start out there. Where did it start out? It started out sometime sooner where Satan did what? Put something in his heart. And Judas cooperated with it. What's the lesson? Guard your heart. The Bible says guard your heart. For out of it proceeds the issues of life. The Bible also says in a lesson you must learn, give no place to the devil. Don't be ignorant of his devices. Because he won't start out entering you. He'll start out with dropping little things in your what? In your heart. Somebody said, well, can a Christian be demon-possessed? No. Well, Judas was demon-possessed. He wasn't a Christian. I'll prove it to you as I close here in just a moment. He wasn't a believer. We learned that earlier. Right? What lesson do we learn? Guard your... Judas didn't guard his heart. His heart never was right with God. And give no place to the devil. Also... From Judas we learn that Satan is a user and a murderer. Satan used Judas to murder Jesus. Now I know Jesus laid his life down. Nobody could have took him. I understand that. But you understand the process here. Satan was trying to murder Jesus. Is that right? Now again, Jesus... You couldn't take him if he didn't want to go. I understand that. But the point I'm trying to make here is that Satan is a user and a murderer. And he used Judas to bring about the murder, if you will, of Jesus. And let let me teach you a lesson through Judas about Satan. When Satan finished using Judas, Satan drove him to commit suicide. Satan will use you if you let him. He'll abuse you. And then when he's done with you, he'll discard you like yesterday's newspaper. That's the kind of creep he is. And he'll paint the devil as a painter. He'll paint you a beautiful picture. But it always leads to betrayal, to murder, to death. And then when he's done with you, he'll discard you like yesterday's trash. Now I'll close with these three major lessons. And you ought to write these down because I saved the three best for last. And if you don't get anything else, hang on these. Are you ready? 
The last three lessons I want you to get from Judas are these. You ready? The thing you take in exchange for Jesus, which was in Judas' case, what? 30 pieces of silver. The thing you take in exchange for Jesus will ultimately become of no value to you and you will ultimately lose it. Powerful, one of the most powerful things I've ever said from this pulpit. The thing you take in exchange for Jesus will ultimately become of no value to you and you will ultimately lose it. And I have watched Christians do this over the many years. Other things become more important to them. This, that, and the other thing. And they exchange things for Jesus. I don't know how else to say it. I'd rather not say it. I've got to say it again. I'm going to say it. One of the best examples is, this, is the Rams years ago. Now, how many of you know I'm all for good sports? I'm all for enjoying things. I, Lord, I don't want to say But I, got, I, I work for him. I'm going to say it. I was pleased that the Blues won. I was happy that they won. I'm glad that we had to parade yesterday, and I'm all for that. But what I don't like is when you get hockey players up on our, our role models, supposedly for the little kids, up on the stage drunk using four-letter words on television. Now, now, somebody ought to say amen. I do not celebrate that. That should not be accoladed. That's not all right. It's not. I said it's not. I'm thinking of those little. I, I I don't want a bunch of. I tell you what. I don't want a bunch of drunks being role models for the little kids. I don't care how many cups they win. But I'm not going to exchange Jesus for a cup. And I watched the Rams years ago. I watched Christians in this city. They come to me. We will not be a church because we must go support our Rams. And I told by, said by the Holy Ghost, a lamb died for you on Calvary, not a ram. And you'd have thought people were getting ready to take me out like they took Jesus out and to the brow of the hill and throw me over. And they took the Rams in exchange for Jesus. All the years come and go. Rams have hit the, hit the road, Jack. Rams have left you. The lamb will never leave you nor forsake you. And now you talk to some of those same people that came to me and withstood me and said, we're going to the Rams game. We'll not come to church to serve Jesus. You talk to those same people today about the Rams and they're of no value. And they spit on the Rams now. Judas took the 30 pieces of silver in exchange for Jesus. 
And what do we see him ultimately doing? We see him throwing the 30 pieces of silver down. It was of no value to him and he lost it. Don't ever take anything in exchange for Jesus. Next lesson, I'm almost done. Next lesson. I don't know about you, but I could sit here all day and listen to this. Good stuff here. Powerful stuff. Some of the most powerful things I've ever said from this pulpit, these last three points. Here it is. If you don't finish your course for the Lord, someone else will. Judas did not finish his course for the Lord and somebody else did. His name was Matthias. Is that right? God has an assignment for each and every one of us. But don't ever forget this. We need God. He doesn't need us. Now He wants to use us and all of that. And in one, in one way of looking at it, yeah, he does need us. I'm not, I'm not demeaning that, but, but you have to understand, we need God for, far more than he needs us. And he's got an assignment for each and every one of us, and he wants us to complete that assignment, but if we refuse to do that and complete it, guess what? God will get somebody else, and the sun will still come up in the east tomorrow, and it will still set in the west. Is that right? And and He wants to use you. He wants to use me. But if we refuse to cooperate with Him, He will get somebody else. If you don't finish your course for the Lord, someone else will. And then finally... The most frightful lesson of all is this. You can walk with Jesus. Know who Jesus is. Serve Jesus and wind up in hell. You can walk with Jesus. Judas walked with Jesus. Know who Jesus is? He knew who Jesus was. Served Jesus? He served him as a treasurer. And he wound up in hell. Matthew 26, 20. I think this is going to astound you when you see this. Matthew 26, 20. When evening had come, Jesus sat down with the twelve. And as they were eating, this is at the Last Supper, He said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each of them, notice, each of them, each of them, we'll see it's the 11 here now, each of them began to say to him, what did they say? What did they call him? What did they call him? They said, what? They said, what? They said, Lord? What did they call him? Eleven of them. What did the eleven call him? They said, what? Lord. Lord, is it I? He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. 
The Son of Man indeed goes, just as is written of Him, but woe to, listen to this, woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had never been born. That tells me right where Judas went. He went to hell. You understand that. For Jesus to say that concludes 100%. We know where Judas went. He went to hell. But here's the thing. They all, what did the 11 call Him? They all called Him what? They, they said what? They said what? They said, Lord, but watch this. Then Judas who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, you have said it, is it I? Rabbi, the 11 of them called him Lord, but Judas did not call him Lord. He called him what? Rabbi, which means teacher. You see, the eleven were saved. The eleven received Jesus as Lord. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The eleven were saved. No question about it. You understand that. They all called Him Lord because Jesus was their Lord. But here's the thing. Jesus was the Lord of the eleven, but Jesus never became the Lord of Judas. Judas never made Jesus Lord. They all did. Simon, Lord. Andrew said, Lord. James and John, Lord. Philip and Bartholomew, Lord. Matthew and Thomas, Lord. James, Lord. Simon, Lord. Judas, the son of James, Lord. But Judas Iscariot says, Rabbi, which means teacher. He didn't see Jesus as Lord. He just saw him as a teacher. He walked with him for three and a half years, Judas did, and never made him Lord. Just saw him as a teacher. The rich young ruler came to the Lord Jesus said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? There's none good but one that's God. And what's the point there? You see that rich young ruler saw Jesus as a good teacher, but never saw him as God and Lord. Whom do men say I, the son of man, am? Some say you're this prophet. Some say you're that prophet. Whom do you say that I am? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Judas couldn't say that, could he? Because you see, they all saw Jesus as Lord. Sold out to Him, gave Him everything. Lord, we've left all and followed You. But there was one who didn't leave all. There was one who called worship waste. There was one who let... Satan put things in his heart and of his own free will refused to change. And in that vital moment, he could not call Jesus Lord because you can't call him Lord except with heartfelt conviction except by the unction of the Holy Ghost. Rabbi. You see, you must see Jesus as more than a rabbi, more than a good teacher, more than a prophet, more than a good man, more than a good philosopher. You must see him as God, the Son. 
and call him and make him Lord. And Judas never did it. And he went out, he hung himself, and he died with a noose around his neck and went to hell. Did you learn anything today? It's worth coming, wasn't it? Stand with me if you would. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just think we ought to bow our heads for a moment in the presence of God. There is an anointing here. There's a presence of God here, a holy, a holy awe. I think we just, just, we won't stay long. I assure you that. I realize it's Father's Day. You got things you need to do. I understand. It's just just a couple minutes. But this is one of those messages we need to do the Selah on it. You know what that means. We need to just stop and just stop here and think about this one for a minute. Think about those points that we went through. I'm quite convinced this was one of the most most powerful and unique and needful and something about this message today I've never preached on him I've never dealt with him like this just mentioned him in passing what can we learn from a traitor well you can learn a lot yeah we need to think about this one for just a minute think about yourself look at yourself lessons Father I pray for these people and for me that this message today that we'll think on these things and meditate on these things maybe go back and listen on the internet on the website I think it's going to be on Facebook Brandy I think has it going out live on Facebook Lord I pray that maybe someone on Facebook needed to hear this today thank you Brandy for doing that Father I pray that this one doesn't fall on unhearing ears that will only retain it from here to the back door but that people hang on this one lessons from Judas you're here today and you've never called Jesus Lord maybe you've just called him good teacher but you've never called him Lord you've never received him as your savior 